Chapter Three of Ten Common Trees. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kimberly Sasson. Ten Common Trees by Susan Stokes. Chapter Three The Apple Tree. Have you plucked the apple blossoms in the spring? In the spring? And caught their subtle odors in the spring? Pink buds pouting at the light, crumpled petals baby white, just to touch them a delight in the spring? William Martin. If you live in a large city, you may not know the apple tree. In winter, it is a short reddish tree with a flat or rounded top. Its stout, thick branches are irregular and rigid. In spring, it is a white tree. Its large clusters of white and pink flowers look like short-stemmed bouquets with a margin of leaves below. In the fall, it is a green tree. That is the season we like it best, for then it bears its apples of red and gold. The poet Bryant has written the following upon planting the apple tree. He says, What plant we in the apple tree? Buds which the breath of summer days shall lengthen into leafy spray? Boughs where the thrush with crimson breast shall haunt and sing and hide her nest. We plant upon the sunny lea a shadow for the noontide hour, a shelter from the summer shower when we plant the apple tree. I will show you first its twigs. They are marked with the scars of last year's leaves. Just where they join the branch are some circular scars very close together. They mark the place of last year's bud scales, figures one and two. Last year it grew from the circular scars to the bud. If you look farther back on the stem, you will find some more scars like these. Each set marks the place of a winter bud, and you can tell the age of the branch by counting from winter bud to winter bud, a year for each space. The buds are of two kinds, leaf buds and flower buds. The leaf buds are usually single, the flower buds in clusters. They are no larger than the stem. The scales cover the end of the twig. They are short scales, and around the edge of each is soft, fine wool to keep the tender inner part warm. The twigs are also downy. With the warm air come the apple blossoms, budding, blowing, in the soft May air, cups with sunshine overflowing flakes of fragrance drifting snowing showering everywhere let us see what these flowers can tell us they will speak to our eyes not our ears figure three here is a flower it says i have a round white face i have a yellow center look behind and you will see that i am attached to the tree by a slender stalk where it joins the flower it is thick and round like a bud the calyx will say, I am the outside part of my flower. I help to keep it warm. I have five green sepals covered with down. They are closed over the whole flower in the bud. My petals help too, says the corolla. They keep the stamens and pistils warm in the bud and tell the bees where to come for honey. They are broad and white on the inside, but red as a rose on the outside. And then the stamens. We stand in a circle. There are about 30 of us. Each of us has a slender body and a yellow head. The head is full of pollen. What is pollen? P 
Pollen is a yellow powder which helps to make the seed grow. Just in the center are five green arms with sticky tips. What can they tell us? We catch the pollen. We are part of the pistil. The pistil holds the seed. Where? Down under the flower. It has five little rooms. In each are some very young seeds, which will grow when they get the pollen. Figures four and five. Down at the base of the stamens and style, there's some honey for the bees. The bees visit the trees for this honey, bringing in pollen from other flowers and taking some away. In this way, the flowers do not always use their own pollen. But I think the leaf tells the best story of all. This is what it says. All winter long I lived in the bud. There were a great many of us, and we were so closely packed that it was warm and cozy. One day the scales about us loosened, and a whiff of fresh air reached us. It was so good we all crowded out and stretched into the light. Then I found out what I was like. I had a broad green blade, a slender stem, and at the base of that two little ears, stipules. My blade was fine and crisp, for it had a great many veins to hold it out. One in the middle was the midrib, and there were several to each side. Did you know that these veins bring me water from the ground? I use the water and make starch and sugar. Then I send some of the sugar back to the roots in return for the water they send me. They are always in the ground and never get out to look at the sun or feel the wind. If the leaves did not send them food, they would starve. We make the food in the apple, too. The wind is very cold when I first come out so the underside of my blade is covered with yellow wool. That keeps the cold air from entering at my breathing holes. Leaves need air just as you do, and they take it in through tiny holes on the underside of the leaf. After the pollen falls upon the sticky stigmas, the round part below the flower begins to grow, and it grows into an apple. But you know apples so well that you will be able to tell me all about them. They have a smooth skin and are sunk at both ends. The stem is at one end and the remains of the calyx at the other. Figure 6. There are still five rooms in the center with the seed. The walls of the rooms are tough and the mother tree has stored away a lot of food between these walls and the skin. You see the apple is intended to be a winter home for the seed. When spring comes the apples have become soft and the seed have a nice place to begin to grow. Wild apples do not have so much food stored in the wall. The food also attracts birds so that they carry the seed away. Each seed contains a baby apple tree and has a brown and shiny coat. You do not find the tree? The hard white kernel is the young tree. How do we know? By the fact that the kernel swells up and grows into a little tree. The coat cracks and the two leaves are pushed out while the short stem is lengthened into a root. The young plant packed away in the seed is called an embryo. Shall I tell you the story of some wonderful apples? The apples of the Garden of Eden? There was once a beautiful garden. It was away to the east. All sorts of fruits and flowers grew in this garden. And there lived in it a man, Adam and his wife, there was one tree of the fruit of which they were forbidden to eat. If they did, they would surely die. It stood in the middle of the garden. There was also in the garden a beautiful but an evil serpent. 
it told eve that if she ate she would not die but would be as the gods were knowing good from evil then eve ate of the fruit and adam also ate and they knew good from evil but the one who had placed them in the garden was angry and drove them forth and he placed at the east of the garden of eden cherubim and flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life up in norway and iceland there is told the story of iduna and her golden apples iduna was a beautiful goddess who had charge of some wonderful apples apples that made all who ate of them young and happy the gods ate of these apples and remained young and the earth was always green but there was one the evil god loki who thought he would like to see the world grow cold and old he persuaded iduna to go with him to see some wonderful apples that grew outside the city gate there she was stolen away by a giant from jotunheim then the world grew cold and the gods grew gray they mourned for iduna if you do not bring her back we will kill you said they to loki so he went to the home of the giant and rescued her when iduna came back winter was driven away the gods ate once more of the golden apples and grew young the earth was fair and the flowers bloomed again when the children of greece lay in the shade resting from their games they were told the story of the golden apples of hesperides hercules the strong son of jupiter was commanded to bring them to his cousin whom he served the apples had been given to hera the queen of heaven at the time of her marriage to zeus they were guarded by the daughters of atlas he who bore the weight of the heavens on his shoulders hercules sought them far and wide at last he came to atlas in africa he thought that atlas must know where they were if anyone did so he sent him to seek the apples and took upon his own shoulders the burden this was one of the seven labors of hercules you observe that the apple is a fleshy fruit with the seed in horny cavities such a fruit is called a poem there are other fleshy fruits which have a single bony stone in the center like the peach and cherry they are then called droops the nearest relatives of the apple bear poems many of the others bear droops in this way we can divide them into two groups those which bear poems are the pear quince and crab apple the wild crabapple tree is small and has beautiful pink blossoms the fruit is small and sour it is sunken at both ends and is about an inch in diameter the pear tree differs from the apple tree in not being flat-topped and in being taller than broad the flowers are white with purple anthers and are without scent the pears are sunken at one end only and the stem end is smaller the trees are often thorny the quince tree has broader leaves the flowers are not in clusters but solitary and of a white or rose color the large yellow fruit is hard and sour and is sunken at the flower end figure eight there are many seeds in each cavity and these become covered with jelly when soaked in water the tree has a crooked stem with rambling branches the trees which bear droops are the peach plum and cherry peach trees are thought to have been derived from almond trees and to have been changed by cultivation they bloom early ere ever the first bee hummeth or woodland wildflower blows they have large pink flowers 
long narrow leaves, a downy fruit, and a wrinkled stone. The plum trees usually have smaller flowers, and the fruit has a bloom, that is, a thin wax coat which can be rubbed off. The stone is flattened. The trees are often thorny. The pistil is single, with a single room in the lower part. This is also the case with the cherry and plum, figure 9. Cherry trees have smooth fruits without bloom and with a roundish stone. The cherries are borne in umbels or in racemes, that is, on an elongated axis. For cherry blossoms, Japan surpasses all other places. The cherry trees are cultivated for the flowers, and when the trees are in bloom, people go long distances to see the finest groves. It is called the festival of the cherry blossoms. Both the apple and the cherry have many cousins. One, which you know well, the wild rose, has given its name to the whole family. Look at this figure and see if you can tell why the apple belongs to the rose family. Figure 10. It is because it has broad petals and many stamens, all of which are borne in a circle upon the green outer cup or calyx. Do you know of any family to which we owe more than to the rose family? References. The Wild Apples. Thoreau. Peach Blossoms. Bayard Taylor. Apple Blossoms. Lucy Larcom. Planting of the Apple Tree. Bryant. The Little Red Apple Tree. Riley. Apple Blossoms. Alice E. Allen. Primary Education. May 1899. Three Trees. Charles Crandall. Primary Education. April 1898. End of chapter 3